Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this segment of For Your Game. She's one of our favorites, LPGA professional, Hall of Famer, and a PGA member. She's rarefied air when it comes to instruction. The one, the only, Kay McMahon joining us today. Hello, Kay. Hi, Holly G. It is always a pleasure to talk to you about golf. So glad to be here. Yes, and I might add that um, you also were recently honored as one of only four elite LPGA instructors. Congratulations. That's uh, quite a career uh, accomplishment. Well, thank you very much for that. I, I totally agree. It was a, it was a surprise to me, but I'm I'm truly honored because there's so many great teachers in the LPGA, and you know, so you kind of feel like you're walking amongst legends. But I appreciate it, though. So it's really kind of fun to be there. But you know how much I love teaching anyway. So <laughs> yes, and you are such an innovator too, along with your uh, partner Eloise Trainer who is a, a legend herself in the world of women's golf, having been the founder and CEO of the Futures Tour, which is now the LPGA Symmetra Tour. And um, the two of you have created this incredible um, program, uh, approach, I should say. I know you don't like the word method, but it's called Golf 8.5. And just to review that for some listeners who may not have heard you previously in our podcast, uh, share what Golf 8.5 is about. Well, as you know, I'm always, always happy to talk about Golf 8.5 because we do believe, um, we just had a meeting this morning that is very innovative, but the message that we want to send out is that golf really is simple. Um, I think we well, I think I know that the internet, books, everybody, helpful Harry's, um, that it's talked about like 1,001 things that you're supposed to do in 1.2 seconds. And then as soon as you have those 1,001 things, somebody comes along and adds a little bit more. So it gets very confusing, I think. Uh, but we really want to, by Golf 8.5, we've simplified all that stuff. And a lot of that stuff is very true. But nobody ever connects the dots. We talk about it as a kind of like little post-it notes on a wall, and you kind of have to figure out how all the pieces go together. So what Golf 8.5 is all about is it's very simple. There's only four things to do before the swing, and there's only four and a half things to do in the swing. And the interesting thing about the four things before the swing is that um, the whole world tries to teach you posture, change your posture, et cetera, et cetera. But by doing what we call GCAP, as you know and you've witnessed, um, the G stands for grip, the C stands for clubhead, the A stands for alignment, and the P in GCAP stands for posture. We don't have to teach posture because of how the order of how you do something, we change your posture and you get in an absolutely perfect posture position. Your alignment's taken care of, your ball position's taken care of, and how far you stand from the ball is taken care of. So we've eliminated a lot of things by just simplifying it. And then that's, if people do nothing else other than just G-cap, then we've also proven that we've actually take a lot less time over the ball and even doing all that thinking that people tend to do that up and down and jiggle in what we call the penguin walk. We've really had great success with it. And the four and a half things that we do in the swing, 
are basically four and a half positions. Um, we call it chunking is the fastest way that people can learn. They improve, they understand it, and it, it takes all the complications out of the swing because it's all about what's the club doing, what are you doing, where's the club in relationship to you. Um, we have great success. We've got young juniors that I've got a little 10-year-old that she hits it all of 200 yards. Um, you know, she's only 10. But the, the interesting thing is if she's, you know, five yards off of being straight, she gets upset. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting. So we're very happy to always talk about Golf 8.5. And we really want to spread the word and get more people playing and make it simpler. Because sometimes they hear too often how golf is hard. And you start listening to all the stuff on the Internet. And as Eloise said even this morning, if you hear, listen to all this stuff, why would you even want to take up this sport? Because they make it way too complicated. So we're, we're here to make it simple. And through your help, we are making it simpler. Yeah, I'm all about that. And uh, making the learning curve, you know, as, as fast as possible, but also to create that feeling of success um, more often and more uh, quickly because that's what gets people excited you know when they when they get that feeling of good contact and uh, you know hitting it flush and seeing that ball go out in the in the fairway that's the most important part the fun of the game well you're absolutely right as soon as somebody hits that first golf ball what you said like the feeling of success is when you hit the squarely the ball in the center of the club face and they go wow i got an airborne um that's, that's what is fun. Um, the other thing I think that we do talk about golf 8.5 is when you don't hit it badly, when you hit it bad, that we want you to, the person actually understands what they need to do to change. Rather have, having to say, what did I do wrong? They know immediately how to get it um, even better um, themselves. So instead of self-destructing, they have a better way to self-correct. So you're right. It's a, it's a feeling of success that keeps people coming back. So it's, it's much better. You have a very interesting uh, methodology, again, or thought process about, you know, how developing players should be um, managing their game out on the golf course, Kay, because I think it can be, you know, so frustrating. You're starting off, you know, especially if you're playing with someone that's, you know, a better player and they're getting pars and, you know, you're taking triple bogeys. Uh, you know, that's not a lot of fun. We know one thing people can do more often is, you know, play forward tees or, you know, even if uh, some, you know, more courses now have, you know, learner tees where they're actually might put them out 150 yards from the green. Uh, you know, I always encourage new players uh, to, to do that because, you know, they want to get that feeling that, you know, they're having success too. But you, you have... Uh, a phrase you called personal pars. Can you explain to my listeners uh, what what you mean by that? Well, the personal pars, yeah, you want to set your own personal goals. We often talk about pars or bogeys or birdies or whatever, but par in a golf course simply means how long a golf hole is. And it's really what I call TV pars or what they, we call those are the pars that the pros should be um, aiming for because they can hit it so long. And they actually play personal pars themselves, too, meaning that typically a golf course is par 72. Uh, for them, though, because they can reach the four par fives in two, 
two big strokes, two full strokes, their par is actually 68. So as you and I have talked about, there seems to be there's so many rounds now in the 60s when you watch TV, but that's because their par really is 68. So if they're shooting 65 or 67, they're really only two under their par. But for your listeners and for the average golfer, they really need to set their pars over what par would be. And I start out by saying they should either have one over par or two over par of where they are. Then that way you're starting to talk about your personal pars. But the thing that it does the best is it changes your strategy of the whole. So if your personal par happens to be at a par five, your personal par is a seven. Um, if you add all those up, that only adds up to 108. And that's kind of about where the average woman would be. Um, then it should take you five big strokes to get there. So if the hole's 500 yards, you only have to hit it 100 yards to get on the green and then to two-putt every hole. So it really changes how you think. Everyone thinks that they have to get there in three, but some people just don't have the capability of doing that. So as they start to gain their personal powers and they, we, give the, we give the kids their personal powers, they get a star in the hole as opposed to saying what their score would be so that they, they're trying to reach their goals. They're going to feel, as you mentioned a little while ago, this feeling of success. They're going to feel better because they reached their personal powers. As you start to do that, then you can lower your personal powers. And it makes the game more reasonable and a lot more fun. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I just read a story um, about Rory McIlroy. And, you know, he was, he, he mentioned, you know, that, that you do, you're going to lose more than you're going to win, you know, as a professional golfer. And he said, if you don't get comfortable with that fact, it's going to be a very hard and unfulfilling career. That's why I always talk about taking the small wins. And I think we saw a great demonstration of that at the Masters last month when, uh, you know, he started out with just a completely out of sorts first round. I mean, you know, it, it just seemed like he'd lost his swing. Um, and, you know, as he said, it was a crap start and I shot myself out of it. But he left Sunday night finishing fifth, shooting three rounds in the 60s. And he was really proud, you know, for that. So, you know, what's some, your advice to amateurs? And I know you have one of your own experiences um, as an up-and-coming player. But, you know, when you do, when you start out and you have that crappy, you know, first, second, third hole. And, you know, in the amateur's mind, we usually start to go downhill through the tunnel with no cheese pretty quickly. So just, you know, your thoughts on, on this. Well, your example of Rory coming back with three good rounds is that the, the last round is just as important as the first round or the, the, the 18th hole is just as important as the first hole. But you're right, people go, oh, my gosh, I, that first hole, I hit it so bad, it's going to be a terrible round. Your mindset has to play, you have to feel like each hole is an individual game. That one, one hole, that's history if you have a bad hole. Uh, so I think Rory's example is great. I think the other example that I thought was fascinating was, uh, we'll, we'll all go down to history, was Tiger's 10 on that hole. And and then he the next six holes, he birdied five out of the next six holes. But to me, the fascinating thing was his interview afterwards where Tiger said, yep, I hit a bad shot, and then and then I just had a lot more shots after that. <laughs> and it was kind of fascinating. And he said, but you realize that you're kind of out there alone, 
and so that you still have to be able to do something that there's not going to be anybody there so you just have to keep playing um and it's each hole is an individual game and i know you're going to ask me about my my personal um catastrophe uh, catastrophe yes i'm going to say fall from grace almost <laughs> i fell off the cliff um I was uh, at the U.S. Amateur a long time ago, as a, so I was an amateur, and we were out in Sacramento, and I had kind of what I would say at that time a boring round. I hit every fairway, and I hit every green, and so I had all these personal pars till I got to the 15th hole, and on the 15th hole, I actually took a 16. Um, my famous line is, it could have been an 18, except one of my shots hit a park car and came back in bounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the luck of the Irish or the Scottish. <laughs> no, I'm Irish, so it's all right. So, but the interesting thing is there wasn't much you could do except kind of go, well, that's the rub of the green. But the interesting thing to me was that I played the next three holes, 16, 17, and 18, even par. So I had 17, what I would say, personal pars at the time and one bad hole, so I had a bad score, so I still had to go home. So I got my little Volkswagen van and drove home and shed a few tears. But I said, someday this will be a great experience to talk about. And it, and it really kind of is, is what every amateur needs to think, is that each hole is an individual game, that it's not based on the other one. So I really suggest when people play, they set their own personal pars. And then those are your pars, those are your birdies, those are your bogeys. And so it goes up and down from there. It'll, it'll make it a lot more fun. I love that story. And you were um, you were in your 20s when that happened. <laughs> yes. And the bad thing about that, Holly, is, is I was 23, 24. Um, I can still remember every single shot that happened on that hole. <laughs> well, I won't put you through that, but... What um, my listeners should take note of is that uh, you went on to become a Hall of Famer. Um, so, you know, it's, it's the ability to bounce back, uh, even from those, you know, what can be in those moments, uh, you know, the, the, those can be the difference of whether you, you know, get mentally tough or you fall apart and, you know, that's, that's the end of your career. Well, you're absolutely right. When I was in my 20s, I took I was fortunate enough to have lessons from a very, very gentle man by the name of Les Bolstead, the coach at the University of Minnesota. And uh, I think he should have been almost as famous as Harvey Pennick. He taught Mickey Wright and Patty Burke and a few other exceptional players. But he'd come over and he'd poke me on the shoulder and he'd say, if I see you over in that fairway, I don't care if you're shooting 62 or 162. I don't want to see you walk or talk or do anything different. He said, when you get in the parking lot and in your car, then you can you can try then, but not, not since then. So that's the same advice I give, especially to a lot of my, uh, my juniors, because they think it's going to be the, the end of their career, but if they have a bad round. And it's not. Um, so it was great advice that I had then. Um, and I still believe in that today, and that's why my tagline, as you know, is keep your head up. Um, your scores will come down because it's all in your attitude. Well, I absolutely love that. And, uh, Kate, you have been doing some terrific things online during uh, the pandemic, and in particular, I, I want my listeners to make note that every Friday at 9 o'clock from 9 to 9.30, 30 minutes, you do this fabulous Q&A on Zoom. 
and um, you know you get a variety of players, um, all levels of players, men, women, and um, you know veterans who uh, have picked up the game, and it's uh, just fascinating. The topics are fantastic, and I can't stress enough uh, for my listeners to tune in. And how can they do that? Well, the best way to do that is to email me, uh, which they can go to my website, which which is educationgolf.com, or they can email me at k at educationgolf.com. But you just have to put the K-A-Y in the middle of education. Um, and then I send them a direct uh, Zoom link so that they can, they can log in. But we also have featured guests. We've had a couple pros on. We've had a physical therapist on. Um, we've also had a sports psychologist on. So there's a lot of interesting... Um, guest featured guests that we have but the conversations get very good from the experienced golfer to the new golfer and it's it's things i learn every day that people want to talk about and they want to talk about their golf games so we definitely recommend that people tune in and listen and just give me an email to shout me give, give me a shout yeah absolutely I, I can't speak highly enough and it's free you're getting this 30 minute q a interaction with Kay McMahon, the one, the only, the LPGA Hall of Famer and one of four elite instructors of the LPGA. Kay, it is always a pleasure to spend time with you once again. Her website is educationgolf.com, E-D-U-K-A-Y-T-I-O-N-Golf.com. Kay McMahon, stay warm up there in, uh, in New York. I think I need to tell you to stay warm in Florida. Anyways, Holly, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much, and I look forward to talking to you again. All right. Thank you so much.